welcome to Cosplaying Cocktails. This is Paige. I'm Jesse as always. As always. Uh, uh, hey Jesse, tell everybody what we got to do. So we got asked to uh, participate in a local geeky slash fandom event. There was a Comic Con themed brunch in our local community and we were asked to do some um, geeky trivia and to judge the costume contest. So yeah. we got to dress up and go in public in our cosplays for the first time. If you follow our social media, you get to see oh, yeah. that. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesse dressed up as Indoor Leia, mm -hmm. and I dressed up as Village Belle, and we Disney princessed it out today, mm -hmm. and it was weird. We said, like, oh, it's crazy to be in cosplay, like, mm -hmm. outside like of our house. cosplay out in the uh, wild again. Uh, and, you know... And, uh, we just had a really good time. It was yeah. a lot of kids, a lot of little kids, and, uh, and it, it was, was just really... That, yeah, to have something like that in our community, because as you guys know, if you've listened to the podcast before, which I'm assuming you have at this point, uh, we're, our home community is very, very small. Right. So, like, the fact that that was even something that they're trying to get started in, you know, yeah. our little part of the world yeah. is pretty neat, so... Yep. Um, We're hoping to be able to help out in the future. Uh, the owner is hoping to continue to grow it every yeah, year. This was so. a first first year, first try kind mm -hmm. of thing. And so we are excited to be able to help out in ways that we can because, yeah. you know, we just enjoy cosplaying and yeah. like, you know. Any excuse to cosplay is a good excuse to cosplay. Honestly. Almost any. Hey, Jesse, nerd news. Dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-
pay first access to any additional paid digital events. So you wouldn't necessarily get those included, but you get first access to buy tickets for any additional. Right. And then a limited edition enamel pin. Uh, so like a little souvenir. For the $100 level, you get all the virtual content that's in the $65 a year level. But then you also get first access to the pre-sale right. for New York Comic Con, C2E2, Emerald City, and MCM London. Yeah. So And then all the other stuff as well. Uh, the virtual stuff right, as well. Yeah. Like, that, yeah that's so we were, we were discussing that, like, we didn't know that for us that was worth yeah, it. It but, seemed expensive. Yeah. But we also said with, like, COVID restrictions and, like, having to cut down attendance and stuff, you know, there, I, I, I don't know. Of a I think there's probably a chance, out. yeah, of maybe only pre-sale people being able to go mm -hmm. to the con. And it said that, you know, when And it doesn't say a, anything about that. There's no information that I was right. able to find. Yeah, this is hearsay on our part. This well, is it's not hearsay. Like, that's just the information that we have based on their wording. I looked to see if there was going to be, like, you know, if they're going to... So, it just says a exclusive pre-sale right. to these events. So, it doesn't say if they're going to offer all the tickets in that pre-sale. So, if you don't get in the pre-sale, you're completely SOL. Right. Or if it just basically guarantees you as getting a ticket where, you know... If you wait until the general admission goes on, you may, you know, if you don't get right on within one Which or two Which I know those companies, like, want you to do pre-sale so they can, like, you know, sell Make tickets. Money, right. You know, and know. So they can. Right. You know, just but, do. like... And we were discussing, you know, with that $100 well, case, member. Like I said, they're going to make more money on people right. who want to guarantee that they even have access. Right. And also, there's probably, as much as I hate to say it, there's going to be a lot of resellers that pay that $100 to get, for things like New York City Comic Con, uh -huh. events, especially, again, with COVID, events that might sell out, there's going to be, I'm sure, resellers. Right. Now, they are limiting it, at least for New York City Comic Con. It says that you can only buy two badges per account. At each level. Right. So I'm guessing that would be like two general admission badges, two of each one day badge, two mm -hmm. children's badges or anything like that. I'm guessing it's any type of badge. You right. Two of. But we were discussing that makes it a little bit cheaper. Like if we, yeah. like if we are desperate enough to go to C2E2 and we're worried that like there's no way we'll go without that pre-sale, you know, if you and a friend want to go, like you could split it. It sounds like they'll at least offer two badges mm. uh, per membership. So that's something, you know, we could split the membership. We just don't know if that's worth it, you know, or if we want to wait and see what happens kind of thing. So, yeah. but we know there's a lot of people uh, that have been interviewed on the podcast uh, that have been big C2E2 fans. And so we just wanted to put that information yeah, out there. Yeah, and you know. Like, it's interesting. Yeah, and like we are, we are planning, at, yeah. at least as of right now, on trying to go to C2E2, but like, this may throw a kink in the works. If we don't buy this hundred dollar right. thing, we may not be able to get tickets. So right. that's our uh, that's that nerd news. Our nerd news. Jesse, cocktail corner. Well, we had an old fashioned. Yeah, we did. It was acceptable. I thought it was good. Well, you like that type of drink. Yeah, you don't like whiskey. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was enough cherry in it that it was acceptable. Well, it was simple syrup, not cherry. There was cherries. Yeah, but that wasn't what caused the flavor. It helped me get through it. Uh, yeah, it was, was a smoked whiskey, your husband said. Yeah. Thank you, husband, for making us drinks. Um, yeah. Hey, Jesse, do you have a question? You've got that segment? Segment? Something's on my mind. If you could be any animal, what animal would you be? 
<laughs> this is not related to anything other than I saw a bug. Not that bug. Um, I would be a dolphin. I think I'd be a platypus. Oh, interesting. I just really relate to a platypus. Yeah. They're just weird. They, yeah. They're mammals, but they lay eggs. They're furry, but they have duckbill and little webbed feet. Their milk comes out of their pores. Didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. They oh. have the males have venom. Venom, you say? Yeah, of platypuses. I didn't know that. In, in their talons, the males have venom. Talons and venom. Oh my! I would love. I've never seen a platypus in real life. If anyone ever takes me to see a platypus in real life, that's how I'm, I'll know. That okay. they were ready for breeding. I'll remember that for your future suitors. Yeah. I'm not going to try to breed with you. Thank God. <laughs> uh, so, guys, today on the episode, we have a really exciting interview for you with a uh, fellow cosplayer, April Gloria. Okay, so welcome, April. Uh, April, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about you? Okay, Awesome. Uh, my name is April, and I go by April Gloria on the internet. It's my real first and middle name because I didn't realize, I guess, that it would turn into much of anything. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't create a stage name or anything. But I was born in New Jersey, and I started cosplay when I lived in Michigan for a couple years. Um, actually, to this, like, this was the actual day that I went to my first convention back in 2013. So it's been eight years. And let's see, I, I now live in Kansas, and I am married, I have a husband, and I have three cats and two dogs, and we live on basically um, about five acres, but with a bunch of land next to us out in the middle of nowhere, and it's really, really fun. <laughs> okay, so our first actual question, what is something that people would be surprised to learn about you? Um, let's see, well... I guess, I don't know, because it depends, because I, I did tell somebody on a stream one time that I was really into gardening, and they were like, wow, I didn't picture you as a gardener. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I like, uh, I like a lot of outdoor activities, like hiking and like fishing and stuff, um, and I've, I've also gone hunting before, and um, I don't know, I just really like everything about the outdoors, and I don't know. I feel like a lot of people that I meet in the cosplay community, like there aren't as many that, that do that, I guess. I don't know. But so maybe that would be surprising to some people. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite cocktail and are you drinking anything right now? Oh, okay. So I usually, so what I usually have is either bourbon or whiskey on the rocks. But today, since like I was, I'm on a, a podcast about cocktails and cosplay, I have a something I just made up because <laughs> it's a seltzer water. It's like this stuff called American ice and it's more, it has more flavor than regular seltzer water, but I mixed uh -huh. it with vodka. So that's what I'm having right now. Uh, I mean, in your defense, that is a classic Jesse move to just have like whiskey or bourbon uh, on the rocks. Oh, or nice. Manhattan. Manhattan with one minor change. And yeah. Call it something. Right. Yeah. Uh, what's your absolute favorite fandom? Let's see. I would say, I guess, 
I really enjoy the the tabletop roleplay RPG Dungeons and Dragons type of fandom a lot. Um, I kind of got involved in all of that from watching Critical Role, and I met a bunch of people online who were also into it and also into other like tabletop games and everything. And I found that they were super welcoming and super just super nice and supportive and everything. And I don't know, I guess I, I haven't really experienced a ton of that with other fandoms. Like the cosplay part of the fandoms are usually great. Right. But like just the general fandoms, like I, I love cosplaying from Elder Scrolls and I love the Elder Scrolls cosplayers that I've met. But I feel like whenever I'm shared on something that's not cosplay, it's just like Elder Scrolls fans, people are, it's like not great. <laughs> When or what was your first experience with costume making? So the first costume I ever did, I didn't uh, make it. All I knew how to do was sew a pillow. When I was younger, my mom would sew like clothing and stuff for us, but I didn't really have a ton of interest. I was just, I learned how to make a pillow and I learned how to make like doll clothes, but I didn't really have much of an interest otherwise. My sister was really into sewing, so she would make like dresses and everything. So the first costume I made, I didn't own a sewing machine. So I just went on eBay and Etsy and found little pieces and I altered them uh, as best I could, mostly with like Sharpies, like drawing stripes on stuff and like <laughs> cutting, cutting skirts and not hemming them and stuff like that. But the second costume was Ayla the Huntress from Skyrim. And for that one, I still didn't have a sewing machine, but I really wanted to make it from scratch. And so I ended up hand sewing it. And that was interesting because <laughs> I was sewing, uh, it was like a thick leather stuff. Like I got uh, like a leather coat from Goodwill and cut it up to make the bodice. Mm -hmm. And for the, the pauldrons and armor and stuff, we use this stuff called uh, Pepicura or Pepicura. It's like paper folding. You buy or download a file and it like unfolds the 3D uh, shape into these like squares that you sort of glue together oh. and make it makes like a pixelated looking piece of armor and then you have to put I think we put like bondo like for cars like car filler on it mm -hmm. and then I would sand it and then you'd put like you'd sand it forever and I actually gave up sanding I was like well it's just going to be weather looking because I don't feel like sanding anymore <laughs> but it turned out super heavy like the first experience like there wasn't really much for tutorials online back then and the ones that were there were limited a little bit I don't know there just wasn't as much so I had to kind of guess I didn't really know much about attachments so I had the pauldrons sitting on top of these little fur shoulder pads and they were duct taped to the to the fur instead of like strapped on because I'm like oh in the game she doesn't have straps there right so Maybe I don't have to have straps either. Like it's not in the game. <laughs> and it ended up like falling off my shoulder in front of a judge on like on one of the only contests I've ever entered. No. My pauldron like fell off. <laughs> I walked on stage and the judge was like motioning to me to ask me a question or something. And I like whipped around and the pauldron like flopped off of my shoulder and I like caught it and put it back up. But that moment I was like, well, that's it. <laughs> no. But it was a good learning experience. It was interesting learning how to make that stuff. And I ended up getting, or my grandmother gave me her old sewing machine after that. And so then I could actually learn to 
to sew on the machine. So, I mean, that's what most of our cosplays I feel like are, you know, everything is a learning experience and you're just getting better at each skill and learning things that work like wearability wise and things that don't. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like every single costume, there's one thing that I learned that I had no idea about before. So right. it's, it works out. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so how has cosplay changed for you over the years? And that can mean whatever you want it to mean. Hmm, oh, let's see. I think, yeah, I think cosplay has changed my, it's changed my position slash viewpoint on like supporting other women and stuff because um, I don't know how many people know this about me, but I was brought up in a an evangelical Christian home and in a church and everything like was a youth group kid and all that stuff and so we got we were in the thick of what's called purity culture which is a whole thing but um you were kind of taught to like keep yourself like covered up and like anyone that doesn't cover up is like a slut and stuff and like you right. gotta sa- save yourself for marriage and you can only do this or that like don't show your body don't we whatever live in the- yeah, we know. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. I mean, not good, but you know. <laughs> so that, I it was kind of hard for me to get out of that. But I think, I mean, I know that being exposed to cosplay in all shapes and sizes, all forms of cosplay and making friends who did like the sexier cosplay and like opened Patreons and stuff, like just being around that and meeting people just kind of made me realize like, okay, no, like these people are not out trying to steal my boyfriend. Like they're not out <laughs> trying to be like Jezebels or whatever. Like they're just people and it's okay to express yourself in this right. way. Right. And I would say that was a huge turning point for me. That cosplay completely changed that. Now it's like, I think about like all the the mindsets that I was taught when I was younger. And I'm just like, oh man, how damaging. <laughs> so I'd say that's probably the biggest what is something in the cosplay community that you think needs to be talked about more? Um, let's see. I guess there's a lot, like, definitely. I mean, I think I think a lot of people are starting to talk more about, like, the, like, the racism and the black facing and all that stuff, which I'm glad. I'm glad that more people are talking about it, but it definitely, I feel like the, the world outside the U.S. needs to have more of those kinds of conversations because it seems like that like those kinds of things a lot of times come out of cosplayers internationally. And so I guess, I don't know, just keeping that conversation going. So cosplay does, cause I don't know, like a lot of people, some people will be like, Oh, you know, it's racism's dead or whatever, but all you have to do is look on any black cosplayers, Instagram comments, right. and you'll just, it's just, I don't know. It's horrendous. It's horrendous. Yeah. So I think that needs to be more brought to the forefront or whatever, just how, how horrible their like social media slash everything experience is. So I don't right. know, like more people are talking about it, but I do, I always think it needs to be talked about more. For sure. Um. So what is one uh, invaluable thing that uh, creating cosplays has taught you? I think it's taught me that I have really poor uh, time management skills. <laughs> <laughs> like it, 
if for one, I guess I feel like a lot of cosplayers could relate. It takes you way, always takes you way longer to finish something than you think. And I, I, I have a hard time making myself do things as well. Like I have a hard time committing to a schedule and actually doing it. And I guess I didn't realize that I was like, Oh, you know, I can just work from home. I do whatever I want and stuff. But I found that it takes a lot of like the self-discipline is, is a hard thing for me. I have to really, really uh, hammer myself <laughs> and make myself work on stuff. But I would say that's probably the, one of the biggest things that's like taught me not in like an I've been educated but <laughs> kind of like a wow I've discovered this about myself and it's not great <laughs> I feel like I'll get better about it like I'll get into a really good rhythm and stuff and then like I'll have a couple days where I'm just off and nothing really happens the way I want it to and then I'm like oh man I'm all out of schedule and I'm like overwhelmed everything's late and I have deadlines and stuff and then I just end up not doing anything because I'm so stressed out taught me a lot of things like I've learned I've learned so much like in the creation process as well I think it I used to think that I was an only like auditory learner where I will just learn by somebody telling me how to do stuff I think with cosplay I've learned that I have to like see it but also do it in order to learn something <laughs> yeah. which has been which has been interesting uh do you have a very favorite cosplay build um, I would say, I think the the second Ayla the Huntress iteration that I did in 2018 is one of the top ones, because that was that character was like the first the second cosplay I ever made. And in 2018, I was thinking that it's been it's been a couple years that costume is basically broken, useless, kind of. <laughs> I still keep it just because I don't I have a hard time like throwing costumes away. Like I don't ever do that. Mm -hmm. Um especially the Skyrim ones, like I'll always keep those, but um, I really wanted to see, like kind of challenge myself and see how much better I could make it or how much closer I could make it to like what I would envision. Mm -hmm. And so that one, that one was a lot of fun. And uh, we shot that one in Yellowstone National Park because we, my husband and I really like doing little road trips to do photo shoots and stuff and to hang out as well. But we always end up bringing like a costume or two to shoot wherever we go. And so that one was a lot of fun just because the location was really cool and everything. And I was, I was excited to, to get to do something like that. Um, and then I think my, my other one would be Bastila Shan from Knights of the Old Republic. That one was a lot of, well, it was a lot of fun once it was done. Like when I was <laughs> making it, it was kind of hard because she has like this big leather like tabard thing that's connected to her shoulders and it's also connected to like these side panels and a belt and everything and all the stuff all the elements needed to be fit together in a certain way I guess in order to work and so I kind of had to work on everything at once and like kind of fit everything and then tweak everything so it was kind of like a, a weird engineering sort of situation for that one. But in the end, I was like super satisfying to to see it all come together. And that one, we uh, we did our 10 year wedding anniversary in Hawaii. And we we're just like, oh, well, we might as well bring some costumes to shoot, I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we brought that one and a couple other ones. But that one we were driving and we like stopped on the side of the road in this area where you could get out and walk around um, 
these like lava flows or like old lava flows. Uh-huh. And so that's kind of, that's where we shot that one. And that was like a really, really, um, really interesting experience. It was really cool. So that one's, that's probably my second one. Um, okay. So other side of the coin, what is your least favorite cosplay build? Oh, that's, that'll be, that's interesting. Um, so I guess I feel like a lot of the ones that, um, were my least favorite build wise, I never ended up finishing. (laughs) Like I was, uh, I think in 2014, I really wanted to make a Samus Aran from Metroid, uh, which one was it? I don't remember what game it was from, but um, it was Metroid, their, uh, Samus's Phazon suit or something. It was like black and silver. And it was like this big, like sci-fi armor thing. And I'm like, oh, let's, let's do that. That would be great. And so I started making it and like, I didn't really understand a lot about, like, what materials would be good for a costume like that. So I started making everything out of that Pepakura stuff with the Bondo and the fiberglass and everything. And that, that stuff gets really heavy after a while. And I think I ended up making the, the shoulder pieces and, like, a couple arm pieces. And then I had a friend model the or do the, uh, the helmet, I guess. And everything about it just turned out terribly. Like the helmet, the helmet looked good, but it was really short for my face. Like my chin stuck out. And then I couldn't figure out how I was going to attach everything to my body. And then I couldn't figure out like what kind of bodysuit like would and like what kind of like abs armor or whatever to do. Like I couldn't figure out what material to use. Like everything about that costume was just super stressful. So I ended up just like putting it down and never touching it again. I don't even know where everything is. I think we might have tossed a lot of it. <laughs> but so that one kind of sucked. And I had people like years afterwards, like three years, four years afterwards, to be like, hey, whatever happened to Samus? And I'm like, oh, we don't talk about Samus. <laughs> but to wear, let me, um, I would say to wear, I did uh, the main or the, the high elf from the Elder Scrolls Online trailers. Mm-hmm. she wears like a bunch of armor and it's like a mix of armor and like sewing and stuff and that one I made the armor out of warbla which for anyone listening who doesn't know it's uh, like a thermoplastic that you heat and then it holds its shape when it cools down and I made like all the shoulder pieces and everything out of it and that armor just digs right into my shoulders mm-hmm. and it just it'll get like marks and stuff after wearing it and I can't really move very well. It's kind of hard to put on by myself. And I just feel really constricted whenever I wear it. Cause like, it's got like a, like a collar thing that goes all the way up to my chin. It's like made out of warbler. So it's like choking me the whole time. So I only wore that one to a convention one time. That's it. And I vowed probably never again, unless I am going to shoot with somebody specifically for that costume or it's like a good location or something. So that one, while it looks cool, I think it's like super uncomfy and I don't want to wear it anymore. (laughs) So next question, how do you deal with any feelings of uh, comparing yourself to other cosplayers online or um, feeling like you need to compete with them? Um, Well, as of this year, I talked to my therapist about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
which has been awesome. I, I'm a big advocate for therapy. It's great. Like even just to have somebody to listen to you vent about stuff, it's awesome. But um, I guess I feel like everyone in this community deals with this kind of stuff. Like even though I know a lot of people are like, oh, community over competition. Like we're not, com- we're not competing, blah, blah, blah. I feel like sometimes depending on what you want in your cosplay, like in quotes, career, I think sometimes you can be sort of competing with other people, like whether it's for jobs or brand deals or anything, like even if you're not directly competing, you're always thinking, I hope it's me that gets this brand deal. I hope it's me that gets this guest spot. And it doesn't mean that you have like harsh feelings towards anybody. It just kind of, I think it's natural for people to want themselves to get opportunities. So it's kind of, I guess you have to keep yourself in check. So you're not harboring like feelings of resentment because that is when things can get really damaging. It can wreck uh, relationships with people and you don't want to be the person that gets angry whenever someone gets something good happen to them. Like you just don't. So (laughs) I guess, yeah, keeping yourself in check and like making sure that you are being supportive of other people I feel like supporting other people feels a lot better in the end too. Like even if you feel a little bit jealous in the moment, if you go to that person and be like, Hey, I'm so happy that you got this, you deserve it. And you see how happy they are. Then I find that that helps to like kind of squelch any feelings. It makes you feel bad for being jealous in the first place. I mean, there's being competitive, like in a healthy manner, you know, like you would be maybe for a job, um, whether that would be like cosplay related or not. Um, But then there's being competitive and just being hateful and doing it because of, you know, like a lack of confidence or whatever. Like, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a little bit competitive, but like, you know, some people obviously just take it too far. Yeah. Like if you know someone is trying to get a certain guest spot or whatever, you don't go behind their back and try and undermine what they're getting. Um, And comparing yourself, that can be tricky because... I don't know I feel like everyone compares themselves, whether it's like their costume work or their their looks or their photos or anything like that. And that one's that one's a little bit a little bit harder because it's not really I don't know. I just feel like it's a really natural thing to happen. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I have like a specific answer about that, but I just know that it can be really hard when you're looking at somebody and being like, man, I wish that like if I looked like that, I would be happier or if I got if I had these kinds of photos or could make this competition worthy costume, then I would, I would feel better. But yeah, I don't know if I have a solution, but just like solidarity. I was going to say like normalizing it, you know, normalizing the fact that everybody has those feelings of not being good enough and and comparing themselves to other people. But like, uh, you know, that's fine. You're, you're allowed to have those feelings and everybody feels that way. And it's totally, you know, just part of it. Yeah, that's true. Like, I think knowing knowing that everyone experiences those feelings, no matter what, like, your social media page number is, whatever your made-up numbers are, <laughs> um, whatever, whatever experience you have, like, I think everyone has that sort of imposter syndrome thing going on. Okay, so, hypothetically, where do you think you would be at right now if cosplay had not come into your life? Hmm, I let's see. I don't know actually. Well, let's okay. So before I <laughs> before I did cosplay, I had 
I didn't really have like a ton of hobbies. Like I had a couple things. I don't know. At the, at the time when I started, I was kind of like struggling with feeling like fulfilled, I guess. Like I wasn't really doing anything that I loved a lot, but I don't, I don't really know. Actually, it would be weird because I'd probably have just like a, I'd probably have like a job and then that's it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I'd have, maybe I would have had children or something, but I don't know. It's weird to think about because since it's, it's altered my life so much. Yeah. Like it's literally, it literally takes up my entire life. Like um, I think it was 2000. Yeah. 2017. I ended up leaving my full-time job to do cosplay slash Patreon slash whatever else, whatever other pennies I could scrape in <laughs> uh, career. <laughs> And I don't know, maybe I'd still be at that job. I don't know. I was, a, I worked in a factory actually running machines and stuff, which was actually, oh. yeah, it was my favorite job I've ever had really. Cause I didn't have to work with customers or anything. It was great. I could just <laughs> go in and run my machine and that's it. <laughs> but it got to the point where I was trying to do cosplay and I, we were also trying to like travel and stuff and I wouldn't have had as many days off as I needed for like conventions and stuff so I was like well I'll just leave and see how the full-time thing works out so I don't know I guess I would just be a a regular person with a job and I don't know because a lot of my friends here in Kansas I met through cosplay so I don't know who I would even hang out with (laughs) (laughs) it's weird to think about yeah Do you have any future cosplays or cosplays you've got in progress that you're really excited about right now? So I have a couple like kind of in the pipeline, I guess. One of my dream costumes is the Nightingale armor from Skyrim. And I kind of want to get that one done because this November is going to mark 10 years of the game's release. And I feel like it'd be really cool to have like a, a costume like that to kind of release around that time to kind of like celebrate it and maybe do like some kind of fun photo shoot and stuff. So that one's going to be kind of a longer term, like more intensive build. So I should probably start it soon, actually, now that I think about it. But uh, <laughs> I also, I, I'm i going to order fabric, I think, tonight for, I have an idea for a mermaid costume, but it's going to be based off of a freshwater catfish. And we're going to take the pictures like in my creek and stuff. And it's not going to be, it's going to be kind of like a, not creepy, but kind of like a little darker sort of vibe. So I'm kind of excited for that. I've never done like a full mermaid costume before. So that should be fun. Okay, so who or what inspires you? Let's see. I think I think I draw inspiration from like almost everyone pretty much. I think everyone that I know and some that, I, of course, that I don't know can provide a source of inspiration Just whether it be like some of my friends inspire me with their like their drive to get things done or whatever. And like my friend, oh, my Sophie is like the best at like, I don't know, networking, I guess. And I've always been really terrible at networking for some reason. And so that kind of (laughs) that's kind of helped me try and get better at it, I think. And then my friend, Amanda. Uh, she goes by Jedi Amanda, but she is like an insanely skilled seamstress. I, I cannot believe some of the stuff that she's made. It's just, 
That's awesome. And it kind of, it's inspired me to, to kind of like level up my, my sewing. Uh, she actually inspired me to buy a serger back in the day. And yeah, so I'm like, I, I, even if I don't end up like doing those kinds of costumes, like even the stuff that I do is like inspired by her. And just, I don't know, there's, so, there are so many people that, that do cool things that they just kind of all lump into one. Like you get little sources of inspiration everywhere and then they just kind right. of join together and make up like what you basically do, I guess. What is the biggest quote unquote mistake that you've made at con? So this could be something uh, cosplay related or it could be something like uh, not drinking enough water or um, anything like that. Something that you regret from a con. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, let's see. I think I'm trying to, I guess I think, uh, well, one time, I did wear a costume that I really regretted wearing. I guess a mistake, I guess a mistake for me was wearing a costume that was like a couple years old and not really from a franchise that a lot of people were talking about at the moment. And then one that I don't know, I don't think I really promoted being in that costume either. So I wore Mule the Lioness to C2E2. I think it was 2016. No. 17 and I literally was only in the costume for about an an hour <laughs> because it was I hadn't tried it on since the last oh yeah that's probably the biggest mistake not trying on a costume before wearing <laughs> it like just making sure that everything is there and that it fits and everything so that costume the the leg pieces they uh like the straps on it I don't know, like my weight fluctuates a lot. So I think at that point it was kind of fluctuating downward a little bit, but um, the the straps on the, like the thigh pieces were, they didn't fit the way that they did before. Like they didn't fit correctly. And so my armor pieces were just kind of like falling all over the place. And I had to kind of like hold them up while I was walking and stuff. And then I got to the con floor and I was with a couple of people who had really like timely um, or, and, or like nostalgic costumes that mm -hmm. they were just getting photos left and right. And this might be like first world problems, but when you're a cosplayer on the con floor, you want people to take your picture. Like you want people to look at your costume and be like, oh, that looks great and stuff. And so if it seems like nobody cares about it, that can make you sad. <laughs> and <laughs> at least personally, anyway, like, I don't know. No, it's for sure. Kind of, for sure. I think it's like, I think it would be a good thing to to get people like more people to realize that wanting attention is not in, inherently bad. <laughs> like we all want attention or we wouldn't post our faces on the internet, I think. But um so I ended up like getting discouraged and I oh this is a really first world problems, but I forgot the correct lipstick color for the costume. <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, Mule would not wear pink lipstick. This looks terrible. I hate it so much. But I don't know. That's being a perfectionist is exhausting sometimes. I really don't like it a lot of times. But uh, I mean, so that, yeah, it was just all those things at once, I think. And, and I was like tired from the night before. And so I ended up just like going back up to my room and after like, Maybe it, maybe it was two hours. It was like one or two hours. I did a, a photo shoot. 
then walked around a little bit and then went just went back up to the room and got a shower and I don't I don't think I changed into another costume I think I just changed back into my like normal clothes mm-hmm. and I'm just like man that was just not this not the best uh convention day ever it was just I guess just a lot of things at once right um okay so next question um and I think you maybe have kind of answered this um but what is has been your most challenging cosplay to date and why so let's see I think I want to say it's interesting because I feel like each time I make a costume well not each time but each time I make a costume that's a little bit more involved I feel like wow this is the hardest thing I've ever done or whatever (laughs) Um, so maybe I would either say the Basila Shan costume with all the leather work and and like the engineering stuff or that Elder Mm -hmm. Scrolls Online elf just because that one involved a lot of different techniques like I had like the armor stuff and then I had like some leather working and then the all the sewing and different like I had a whole bunch of like different pieces onto the costume and stuff so I guess maybe those two as of now is there an aspect of like cosplay builds or like a crafting method or a technique or something that like you still really struggle with and like you're still trying to get figured out so I don't do a lot of resin casting or like 3d printing or like airbrushing and I know those are a lot of are those are things that a lot of people talk about doing or like they're the more like updated sort of skills that a lot of people are are learning or have been learning but for some reason I feel like the space in my brain is very limited so I have to I have to go a little bit at a time with that stuff so I haven't I haven't dipped into 3D printing at all or like designing stuff and I know a lot of my friends have I guess a short answer might be getting with the times is the hardest thing <laughs> yes yeah. it's faster so I'm just like man it's faster and easier for me to just like paint this thing by hand then try and set up my airbrush try and work out what like pressure to do and stuff and like add all the paint and everything and then clean it out between colors then just to like like hand hand painting is just easier and faster for me for some reason so it's kind of I think I talk myself out of doing that stuff just because of laziness or just ease and it's also like pricey to learn some of this stuff like resin supplies and airbrushes and all that stuff can be kind of pricey and 3d printers of course too so it's kind of like do i really want to spend that money and then all the time learning when i could be just doing it my way and get it done faster right like uh do you prefer group cosplays or solo cosplays and then also follow-up question does cosplaying with your best friend uh, affect that at all? Or how does cosplaying with your best friend affect that? Um, let's see. So I think it depends. If I can get a friend to cosplay with me and wear, like, uh, I don't know. There's something about group po- cosplays is a lot of fun, uh, especially at conventions. Because when you're in a large group that's super recognizable, like people really like seeing that and it like makes you feel good to to be in a group that a lot of people recognize. So I think that's a lot of fun. Um, and I would say cosplaying with friends and specifically like best friends, I think definitely makes me want to do groups with them. 
But I think something that I had to, me and my friends had to realize um, is that every convention doesn't need to have a matching cosplay. Like for a while, the group of friends that I went to conventions with, we would always try to find at least one group that we could do together. But it was hard because we all liked different cosplay styles and different characters and stuff. So no matter what we chose, somebody was going to get like a costume, stuck making a costume they didn't want to make pretty much. And, and then like some, some people would like suggest groups and people would be like, no. And then they'd be like kind of upset about it. And like, we didn't want to upset anybody. So we kind of had to realize that like, it's good to cosplay in groups. It's fine, but it's also okay to just wear what we want and hang out together as well. Right. But um, I guess I prefer just everyone having a good time because <laughs> I would feel so bad if I was like, I want to do this group. And then like, two people like really didn't want to do it but they made it anyway and they I don't know I just would feel really bad so I think groups when they work out I really really enjoy and they're so much fun but it's like you don't I guess have to I think the only thing that kind of sucks is like if you really want to be in a group and like you find out other people are already doing the group and you weren't asked or whatever I could see that being kind of sucky but um I guess it just all depends but I feel like short answer, I guess, at cons, group cosplays are a lot of fun. Um, Solo cosplays can be fun too, but I don't know. I think being at a convention with other people dressed as uh, characters from that fandom is like super, super fun. Okay, do you have a favorite convention? Ooh, I think I want, the first thing that came to to my mind was C2E2 in Chicago. That one I've gone to, I think, more times than any other convention, pretty much. And I don't know, I just really, I love the venue. I like the hotels that that we usually get. We usually get one of the, like, attached hotels and stuff. So you can just, like, go right down the elevator and you're right there. And I don't know, that's, it's a lot of fun. A lot of people I know go to it. Like, a lot of uh, the my Midwest pals go to it, which is fun. Um... I'm trying to think of if there's another one that I don't think I've gone to any of the other ones enough times to like have them be a favorite. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, I guess C2. we are definitely going to have to get a hold of you uh, before C2E2 this year because um, we need like all the tips and tricks and like all your favorite things because uh, 2020 was actually our first year at C2E2 and then of course uh, you know it's been postponed this year so we're excited to get back to it. Very cool. And we're, yeah, I definitely, I'd be down. Do you have a favorite convention or cosplay-related story? Hmm. I the I think one of the my favorite convention memories so far is it would be uh, the 2020 C2E2 actually. So my friend Alex and I got tickets to see Critical Role's live show. And it was really, really fun. It was in a theater downtown, except it was really cold outside, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, we got pretty good seats and stuff. And then that Sunday, we actually got tickets to meet the Critical Role cast lot, um, mm-hmm. at like a the photo op thingy. It was the first photo op I've ever done, like, because I'm always like super shy meeting like celebrities or anything. Like, I'd rather. 
like sometimes I'm like, well, I'd rather not meet them and have them like, you know, see me like blundering or whatever. <laughs> like, right. I don't know if I would say something dumb and besides like, Hey, I love your stuff. That's awesome. But so it was kind of expensive. So Alex and I split the photo op. So we would both do it. And that was like super fun. Like they, we only like, we didn't really get to like chat chat obviously. Cause it was like a photo op, but they were all like super nice and like excited to like see us and stuff. Like to see everyone that was taking photos or whatever. It was just a really good experience. And it was like, it was a lot of fun. Like, I think that was probably my favorite C2E2. Okay. So if you were talking to April from eight years ago or any cosplayer just starting out and like getting into things and figuring it out, what would be like one like amazing piece of advice? You're like, this is, this is the thing that you need to really focus on. This is really important. Here you go. So I think I... I would have told myself to never under any circumstance go on the website Imgur or 4chan or any website where people can like be awful, I guess, about you. Or I think, yeah. So after I, (laughs) after I cosplayed Elizabeth that first time, I was like, oh, let's put my pictures online. I feel like that would be cool. Let's do that. And for some reason, I stumbled upon Imgur as a website where you could upload photos. So I did that, and I, like, instantly regretted it. Like, I had just dudes, like, giving, like, rape threats and, like, ripping apart my appearance and stuff. And I was just, like, horrified at what I was seeing. And it was the worst. So I would say, please avoid... (laughs) Please avoid places on the internet where people can type whatever they want about you and you cannot moderate or delete those comments because they like a lot of people say like, oh, you need to develop a thick skin to have to do this or that or whatever. But I have never had a thick skin ever. Like I've always been a very sensitive, delicate flower. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And but I've gotten I've gotten better at managing it over time. But like, I don't think anyone needs to see those things about themselves. Like the whole thing, like, oh, don't Google Google yourself. That's probably that's probably a good solid piece of advice because it I've done a lot better like mentally after giving myself that sort of policy. Like just don't look. It's fine. Like you don't need to see what those people are saying. It's okay. <laughs> um but so that is probably one if they're planning on putting their stuff online or trying to do like a page or a Instagram or something like that. Um, just be careful about where you look for tidbits about yourself. Um, but I guess for like a, someone who's just starting with like in regards to like the crafting itself, I would mm-hmm. say do not, don't be afraid to either, <laughs> excuse me, start small or feel free to just like try it out by altering stuff that you find at Goodwill or something like that. Like closet right. cosplays can be a lot of fun. If you're not sure if you're going to love it, then I would suggest either doing like a pre-made or like try like altering something that's not too expensive just to see if you like it before investing in like a bunch of machines or like other equipment or things like that. That's kind of what I did. Like I, I was like, Oh, cosplay sounds fun, but maybe, I don't know, maybe I won't love it or whatever. So I'll just do this kind of like, like low commitment style costume just to kind of test the waters out a little bit to see if I enjoy it. 
So I know I know some people's first costumes are just like insanely good and intricate and everything, but for myself, that is probably what I would say. Like, oh, it's oh, it's okay to to start small and like don't try to like work up too fast if you're not ready for it. If you're ready for it, then go ahead. But don't feel like you have to like keep up, I guess, with what people that have been doing it for like 15 years have been doing. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Like kind of try not to like compare yourself to someone who's been doing it for like 15 plus years. Right. Final thing on the list, not really a question. It's a request. Uh, Tell everyone where they can find you and your amazing work on social media. Sweet. Okay. So I am April Gloria on, well, some of the inst- some of the names have like underscores and everything because the names are taken. But if you just go to the search bar and search April Gloria on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I also stream on Twitch on Mondays and Wednesdays. It's just username April Gloria there. I also have a Patreon for the cosplay content and previews. And then I have an OnlyFans for the more modeling side of things. And I, let's see, what else do I have? Oh, my podcast. Oh my gosh. Guess what? I have a podcast. <laughs> um, uh, our podcast is called Hot Glue and Bobby Pins, and you can find it basically anywhere you listen to podcasts, um, including YouTube. We also have um, – it's on my YouTube channel, so April Gloria, and then we've got it on, like, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, all those – all the podcast uh, apps. Yeah. Awesome. April, thank you so much for being on with us. We so appreciate it. And we were so excited to finally get to sit down and chat with you and uh, learn all about your cosplay journey. And we just really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. That's so It's so fun. I love it. I love discovering more yeah. cosplay podcasts. I think it's super exciting. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. We hope that you enjoyed learning all about April and her cosplay journey. Uh, I know we did. Um, if you have anyone that you think would be um, interested in being interviewed on the podcast or that would be a good uh, candidate for an interview, let us know. You can send that and a lot of other stuff or just like follow along with us uh, with our normal shenanigans on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Cosplay and Cocktails Pod. We're also over on that Twitter at Cosplay Pod. Um, you can send that kind of thing and a lot more over to the email, though, if that's what you're into. And that's where Jesse hangs out. Yeah, I live in the email. Yeah, um, it's her house. Yeah, if you uh, think of someone who would be interested in us interviewing them. Or just us, chatting. Or what's that mean? Just a little chat. Weird. <laughs> Quit being weird. Okay. I never weird. No. Um, what else could they send to that email? Bill Weasley nudes. Uh, <laughs> did you like that? I thought you were gonna say news, and then you said nudes. No nudes. I wasn't ready for it. I I mean either. I really like that Dom Nol 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 Oh my god. I don't know how to say his name. Domino? Uh, what else could they send other than Bill Weasley news? Weird fish picks, interesting plants, mushrooms, corrections, corner. Uh, I always want to solicit corrections. If there's something that we said that you were like, mm, that was a shitty thing to say or just a factually wrong thing to say, please correct us. I'm trying to be less of a problematic individual. So let us know. Yeah, yeah. Cosplay pictures. 
of you or just cool stuff you think we'll like. Cosplay challenges that we should do or cosplay challenges you have done. Questions for I Ask You a Question. Answers for I Ask You a Question. Cocktail recipes. Cocktail recipes. Mocktail recipes. Um, just really, again, this is episode 7,655,793. So, uh, you know what we like. You send know. us what we like. Josie, where can they send that to? Cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. We have cosplaypod at gmail.com because I got it because I felt like we needed it. Right. So, we have cosplaypod at gmail.com, but... Uh, we also have cosplaying cocktails pod at gmail.com. That's gmail.com. So really, just whichever you prefer. Right. If you prefer cosplay pod, we'll switch to that. Somebody let us know because um, nobody's sending anything to that cosplay pod and I'm about to use it for nefarious purposes. Uh, are we done? Yeah. Okay, bye! Bye!